Welcome to the Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. Welcome to the Space of the Waste. This is your host, Melody Edmondson. And today we have Aura Audette on our show today. And she is going to be talking to you about her collection and what she does and what her passions are and what her journey has been like. We really are in a fashion revolution right now. We are very much on the space of the waste and on the Variety Channel and on Voice America about sustainability with clothing, especially. And that's, I have learned through my guests that sustainability also means people. So that means not hiring children for a dollar an hour uh, either. It means sustainability is all about paying people what they ought to be paid, a respectable wage and respectable conditions. And I think Aude will uh, also attest to that since she's traveled all over the world and lived many places, Paris, Africa, now the UK. But what I'd like to say is if you need a visual of any body shapes that we've talked about in the past, you can go to Pinterest and look on, look on there. Okay. And I just want to introduce Aude. Hello, Aude. Hello, Melody. Hi. Tell us about where you went to school and how you got into what it is you do now and tell people what you do now. Okay, so, right, obviously I'm from Paris. I think you can tell from the accents. That never fade away, even though I've been in Italy for the past 10 years. And um, so I do have a bachelor degree in costume design for screen and theater. Um, and um, I've always had an interest in fashion and in costume. And uh, so I kind of like merge in that both worlds. And then until recently, during the pandemic, I think I had a lot of time to reflect on, you know, the fashion industry, mm -hmm. sustainability, and how could I contribute to make it better. Mm -hmm. to, for me, it came to the conclusion of doing something that will make myself proud, um, but then also reach out to a community and uh, have a sense of, um, you know, sharing experience and sustainability yes. and, and tips. And, and so that's how Redress Laboratory was, um, came along and that's how I've decided to pursue that. Yes. And uh, so, uh, so it's been about two years now uh, that I'm developing the brand Redress Laboratory. And it's something that is deeply close to my heart because what we do at Redress we focusing on making goods that are completely sustainable, either regenerative or upcycled. And so the process works in um, we're getting donations from individuals and charities organi organization and also um, desktop suppliers. And so Great. 
And then from there, we then make the goods, looking at five different principles of sustainability when it comes to um, looking at the way we can actually draft pattern to have completely a zero waste, um, but also having um, a pool of, you know, makers uh, that are paid responsibly and that are um, you can make living out of it because yeah. that's an important um, part of sustainability. Exactly. It's about the material that you use uh, and the production, but it's also about um, fair trade, making sure that the people that you employ are paid mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, are, you know, and getting, you know, a fair trade, a fair share of money and then so they can actually sustain themselves. So that is a very important element to what we do here. Yeah. And and then I'm also obviously a costume designer uh, and then a costume professional. I'm currently working on the freak show for Jean-Paul Gaultier. So that has been a lot of fun. Ah, yeah. I saw you all the TV and film and theater that you've done. And oh, wow, you've been busy. Uh, yeah, I've been busy, uh, and um, so it, it, it's it's really exciting, and I'm trying to obviously balance um, all of that. If that makes sense, because it's it's hard when it comes to time management. Yes, um, um, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Yes, <laughs> and theater. I I know you said costumes for theater is really important to you, and. And upcycling or recycling, uh, let me just get the name of your company, Redress Laboratory. And it originated in the UK and Par- in France, right? Also Paris, France, and in uh, in the UK. Where in the UK? Yes. So it's based in London. Um, it's in London. Okay. It's based in London. Obviously, I do go back home quite often to Paris, and then I also gets you know suppliers from Paris and then and I sometimes source materials from um, France as well yeah um, there is a lot of you know resources out there that you can actually um, get from and, and that's another thing as well that I've realized as well with upcycling at first I thought that it was quite you know restrictive but it isn't actually um, because there is so much resources out there it's just a matter of making your own research, finding yes. the right people, the right mm-hmm. supply, and it's all there for us, really. And um, and then so that's that's something that I really want to push further. And I think also people have that misconception of upcycling being, you know, not well made and you know not very luxury. But actually, you can. It can actually be lux, luxurious, and also yeah. sustainable. And I think that's yes. The, here really well i think actually in the vintage uh clothing and even the vintage costume jewelry to me they are of better fabrication and better quality than what you would find today it seems like today they try to make it as cheap as possible in china or wherever and not that nice price isn't good, but for sustainability, I really do think some of these beautiful fabrics and natural fibers like silk and cotton and hemp and linen and all kinds of cottons and even rayon, which is wood pulp, makes for beautiful remaking into something that is a little more modern for today. And I 
and all the kids, it seems like the younger, the youngest 18 to 23 year olds are looking at vintage clothes right now. They're very interested in the 90s, I read, and all of the, you know, blondie or, you know, all of the 90s uh, kind of grunge and and some of the very almost absolutely fancy kind of dressy looks, you know. As well, Melody, you know, fashion comes in cycle. Yes. And it's a very repetitive sort of business. You know, I remember even seeing some beautiful garment from my mom that she had, like, from 30 years ago. Yes. They are still in a perfect shape. And they fit like a glove. The material is absolutely impeccable. Beautiful. And it's gorgeous. And I think it's just about tweaking it, moderning it. Yes. You know, making it a little bit more current to now. But all those materials are actually... You know, and I think another thing as well, I think it actually brings a story behind it. Yes. Yeah. It tells a story and I love a good story. Um, and that's probably the reason why I went for costume design because I do love storytelling. Yes. I think beautiful message behind it. Yes. And so I think, and that's why Vintage is so beautiful. Yes. Because I think there is still ways of, you know, revamping it preventing it. And it is about character. It is about the human being. Like, what do you like? You know, like, what does the person do for a living? And what do they enjoy on the weekends? And what do they like to do? And what kind of a personality do they have? As I know, sometimes I can be very costumey. And but that's just the way I am. I'm not a real simple, classic kind of dresser. because, And one of the reasons has to do with body shape. You know, I'm short-waisted and very long-legged and bigger on the top with kind of swimmer gymnastic shoulders and kind of a large bust line, but I don't only have like four inches between my waist and my hips. And so at approximately 42, 33, 42, with only four inches between those 40s, I can look very, very square. So I would never wear anything with a belt or anything like that. But I find like this with this Emilio Pucci dress that I bought, I um, have found some vintage things that have no waistline at all, but they're not as wide. You know, they're not wide and long. Mm. They're a little more slightly fitted or narrow. And everything I buy, like a large tunic or whatever, I just take it in. I just take it to the dressmaker and have her take it in. But to get back to your uh, important uh uh, laboratory, uh, and also about some of the ways that you actually decided to go this way. I know your education, you went to uh, Wimbledon School of Art, and you went to uh, costume design, and you did TV work, you did movie work, and then you started your laboratory. But I think somewhere in, de- in between, you also got a fa- fashion foundation degree as a freelance designer, and you worked for Julian McDonald and a bunch of Jonathan Sanders, I think. Yeah. Was it that who it was? Okay. And uh, you were actually born in um, West Africa, right? No, I was born in France. France. Okay. I was, I was born in Paris in 1989. 
and uh, by my um, ancestors and my origin lineage come from West Africa, Senegal, which is a French-speaking country. Senegal. Okay, so that's why your French is so pretty. Well, I am just so thrilled to have you here today for Redress Laboratory. I'd like to know a little bit more about how you get all of your garments, you know, the garments that you get and the fabric, I guess. Yeah, both. Yeah, sure. So, um, we basically, it really was a long process, obviously. It wasn't done in a day. Uh, but I, I've always obviously had this, you know, huge to just go, you know, search, you know. Well, that's the word. In French, there is a word which means niche. Yes. Like, you know, flaunting around, you know, a lot of different materials and looking through. And I love that. Yes. It's, the whole process of looking through things, that's what's making me happy. I yes. really love warehouses, whether it's in London or outside of London in the countryside, and then just bump into, you know, a lot of materials and then just start looking it through. And yes. then so that's how it really all started, really. And then upon that, I've started building a connection of, you know, with suppliers whenever I would be going to the warehouses where I will get the goods from. And that's how I've actually built up a connection with them. And then, um, and then uh, there is a very important um, warehouses where I actually get a lot of materials and good from. And the reason why I um, build that connection with them, it's because it is a charity organization. Yes. And then basically pay a membership throughout the whole year yeah. where you get access to all sorts of material. And when I'm saying all sort of material, it isn't even just fabric. It could be bath mats. And that's all I like. I like anything, any material, that unusual material. It could be rubber or it could yeah. be... Vinyl, vinyl. <laughs> whatever. Absolutely. And what really? I found very exciting with upcycling, and I think the greatest joy I get from upcycling is trying to get something which is far from fashion and turn it into a fashion good. Yes. Yes. You're very creative. Yeah. And then, so that's the reason why I am so passionate about rubber uh, because it's it's not necessarily a material that you will use for fashion consumption. Yes. And uh, there is something very appealing and exciting about it. So right now, right here, actually, I. Oh, wow. Um, oh, how fantastic. This is showing me. It's almost like a scarf out of plastic circles that are right. interconnected, and it looks in- incredible. It's like a three-eye eyeglass all the way down the front. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. The passionate about all those sort of like plasticky, elasticy material. Obviously, the unexpected. Absolutely. You could even do a vest in that or a dress, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's kind so, of like the avant-garde challenge or, or whatever they call it on uh, uh, Project Runway where they used odd materials. I don't think it's avant-garde, but it was uh, unexpected materials challenge right. or something, and they take them Absolutely. to a warehouse with buckets of things. Or exactly. to a, it's but fun. But the whole process is obviously, especially when you get some material, like this, a very unusual material like this, it's, um, it really forces you to think outside the box. Exactly. 
forces you to really, you know, dive into your creativity. Yes. And then and comes with the most unexpected item or, or you know, um, product. I love and, uh, that. So there is a real job behind it. And I think the weirdest it is, the more exciting and thrilling I am. Uh, obviously, yes. I have to keep in mind that, you know, I have an audience and at the end of the day, this is a brand. And then I have to look at the commercial viability of yes. it as well. So that's also an important part of the business. Because yeah. if you not make sales, yeah. then... You have the profits. Yeah, you have to get profits. Well, do you have a website where you can go and buy the clothes? Not quite yet, but it's okay. about to come. Okay. It took me a couple of, I have to say, it took me a whole year really to work on that website. But I am a bit of a perfectionist and until I'm not happy with it, I won't put it out there. So it's definitely in the process. It's coming soon. And uh, I will share it with you, obviously. Okay. So if anybody wants to buy anything, do we just email you? Email or Instagram, and that's where I actually get the most DM, really. And Instagram, okay. And what's your handle on there? Redress Laboratory. Redress Laboratory. Okay, everybody, all your listeners, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll also be on my site after the show. Well, where, um, what are the type, are you able to share what, are some of your best-selling types of things? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, there is a couple. And it also comes with space, surprisingly. Um, and then, obviously, uh, there is something I forgot to mention. We also have a shop here in Camden. Oh. my sim from. It's called Buck Street Market in Camden, right in the hub of Camden, which is great. What's the um, name of it? Rock Street Market? Buck Street Market. Buck Street Buck Street yeah. Market. Okay. That's another place, everyone. Run to London. Get your tickets. <laughs> so we do sell a lot of goods here as well. And uh, I would say the best seller, it's obviously the handbags, the bath mat handbags. Um, I think that is one of the most iconic. What is it? What is it? A handbag that's what? Made out of. Uh, bath mats like just like this bath one. mats oh yeah. my gosh bath mat handbags it reminds me of the uh seat belt handbags all right and then so this one oh is how cute yeah with a chain on it these are really cute big silver chain with yeah. a bath mat almost in a triangle shape and they're just fabulous how much are they so UK um, comes out to 190 pounds. 190 um, pounds. Okay. Wow, um, that is cute. It looks very futuristic. It is. You no, know, it doesn't yes. look utilitarian. It looks futuristic. It ha she has rings on the side that hook the bath mat together and then the big silver chain handle. It's just fantastic. What a fabulous piece about it as well and um, we do obviously do a lot of revamping so for instance if you know a customer wanted you know the bag but then he wanted it in, a, in slightly in a different color we can actually do customizing as well okay we bag. but also something that is very important to the business is that i we do a lot of pre-order so we only produce when we got a demand because i okay. just absolutely unnecessary to produce 
you know, to have a lot of stock and, and not knowing when it's going to sell out. Yes. So I will have two or three of that bags, for instance, in different color, and then people can just uh, brush it through, decide whether they want it in that color or if they wanted a different, you know, strap, then we can customize it, make it differently for that purpose. Yes. Um, and it just works better for us, to be really honest, because I'm, it's a small business and it just, you know, when it comes to obviously the production and then the logistic and the stock, I just don't have enough room to stock all of it. So I would rather just do it on the pre-order. It's good yeah. for the planet. It's good for the planet. And we only make goods when we got a demand for it. And there's such novelties. I would think that people wouldn't be um, wouldn't be in a rush for them. You know, it's a novelty. So if you are in a rush, you're buying too late. But yeah. otherwise, if you're planning ahead and you have an occasion right. or you're going on vacation and you want that bath mat, purse, uh, handbag, uh or your beach bag or whatever, you better let you know in the winter that you're going to be wanting it for the summer or whatever. <laughs> it's a very good point, Melody, actually, what you just mentioned. Because, you know, at the beginning, when I started in planting and then we were discussing the idea of having a pre-order, many people around me were like, oh, you know, I'm not too sure about the pre-order because obviously you're missing out on so many, you know, sales and, you know, it's not very convenient for people. But here's my it thing. Is. Yes, I've important to educate people now. We are yes. in a plan like this. I don't think it's enough to just be creating and making those beautiful garments that nobody's yeah. going to wear. Right? So I think that if you really, truly want something, sometimes you've got to be patient about it. Yes. Right? It actually, you know, I think it's important to... If it helps the planet and keep stuff, yeah. all of these non-biodegradables out of landfill and puts yeah. them into use and reuse and reuse, why wouldn't you wait a little bit if it helps more it, than it, just you? Absolutely. And I think it does, teaches, it does teach people as well, you know, the, it brings a value to the goods to the people. I've been waiting... Yes. To get that garment because it was customized. Yeah. Yes. Special. Special. Just like you would if you were having your a wedding gown made. Exactly. It takes time. Exactly. And just like if you had a ball gown made. These are typical things. And there are people that are as such a body shape that they cannot find clothes that fit them properly. So if they are going to have like five dresses made or five outfits for work and they work with you ahead of time and you get their measurements, you can do everything on Zoom. I mean, I've seen it done with other lines where they actually just meet with their people online. There's a wedding gown maker in Australia that does that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm only responding to the demand of the customer. Yeah. Even if you're now, somebody came in and they were like, oh, I love that jumper. I bet. I want it, you know, this way or that way. So we're only responding to the customer demand. And I think it's important for brands to listen to what the customer wants and, and, um, and really move, you know, the sustainability along that way, along that direction. I like that. And I like that way of buying personally. Rather have something special, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I say, helping someone other than just you, you know, like the planet 
And mm-hmm. so in order, if people have things like designer clothes or beautiful fabrics and they're no longer in business, they're retiring or whatever, can they just send you things and get a, do they get a tax write-off for a charity or whatever? Yes. So they do get a voucher um, okay. and they get a voucher back. Um, and then whenever, you know, for instance, if they're bringing a donation in, so what we have, it's a take-back scheme where people bring goods and then they get, um, you know, a reduction on the next item. So we really want to make it, you know, to leave it in the circular loop. So it's yes. almost like it stays within the loop of, uh, of that. And then so people come in and then, you know, they will have the goods be taken and then we... Um, then they will get a voucher or they will get a discount on their order. Or um, it could even be, you know, if they're asking for revamping services, for instance, because we also have the revamping customized customization services where they will get a reduction out of it. Now they will be given, you know, a reference number where they will have an account there and then it, it will be by points, almost like, you know, when you have a miles card. With the yes, point. yes, yes. Gotcha. Oh, in case they'd rather do that rather than like they could just give you for free all kinds of things. Right. And then you could give them X amount of points in case they want to buy something. Is that what you do? Yes. Ah, well, that's that's really gracious of you because so many people just give everything to Salvation Army and get a receipt for their taxes, you know, for write-off on taxes. But I know for some people that doesn't work out too well because they they're, they don't uh, have enough the way it is for what they are, yeah. the government already allows you. And, yes. and I think we encourage people, that's the point as well. I really want to encourage people to go towards a more sustainable living. Yes, I, yes. And, and if it can actually... That keeps it going. You're right. Yeah. That keeps the cycle going for zero waste. I love that. That is really fabulous. Some people I know use that for uh, buying groceries. They put everything on a certain credit card because they get points and then they can use it at their grocery store. You know what I mean? But That's of great. course, better for fashion. <laughs> We're going to eat. Okay. <laughs> Or is there anything you don't want or any fabrics or material that you want to avoid? Is there anything people should know not to send you? Right. So there is plenty of it, to be honest. So whenever you're sending a good, you have a form that you have to fill up. And we don't, we just don't take everything because it's just, it's just, just way too much. And we just don't have the logistic need of the space. Okay. Get everything. You're not buying everything from Bloomingdale's that doesn't sell. <laughs> In other words, too much. Okay. Right. Uh, you know, maybe down the line, it, it's something that we may have to, um, it's something that I really want to incorporate. Maybe looking at, you know, um, you know, degenerate the fiber rather than just the material. So that would be having, you know, a, a machinery, in house machinery where we can you know, like break down the material and then reuse that material to make new items. So that's something yes. that's further, further down the line. Um, but when it comes to the donation now, there is a specific item that we are constantly looking for. So that could be, for instance, a suit jacket, 
we do look a lot into suit jackets because um, I, I, like, I love a good suit. I think everybody should have a good suit in the wardrobe. Yes. I think it's a staple item, whether it's for men or women. Yes. I think it's a, it's a very, it's a staple. I so, agree. And it's uh, the most expensive thing to buy in your wardrobe. Right. right. And it doesn't matter the sizes, the bigger, the better, because obviously there is more material for us to sort of like yeah. um, look for. So that's one. Denim is also another material that we we use quite a lot. Yes. Uh, denim is one of them. Then obviously silk. We don't get a lot of silk, unfortunately, just because it's very expensive materials. Yes. Yeah. So silk would be good. <laughs> silk and jackets, designer jackets, silk, denim. <laughs> denim. But uh, I personally get a lot of materials um and uh, you know for instance you know and we do also get you know clothes which are already made um i personally find it easier for me just to have a lot of more materials than clothing okay uh, it just because obviously with clothing it's more of the process of upcycling you know yes. breaking up isam and make something out of it where with material it's a flat surface you got a plenty more room to work with. Yes. So depending on the material that we're getting, but I um, tend to get more material than clothing. Okay. And we do. It really depends on the month, to be really honest. Sometimes we get more clothing. Sometimes we get more materials. And then from there, we just look at what we're gonna do with mm-hmm. it, and the, mm-hmm. um, and then breaking down the material, looking at the element that we want to keep. Sometimes when we get clothing, there is a lot of element of clothing that we want to reuse uh, i can actually show you an example here for instance that alda is showing me a pair of pants that denim jeans that she has made into a fringe skirt which is just absolutely fantastic it is just fabulous i love it you could even wear that over over another pair of denim a white denim and put that over it that's fabulous Absolutely. So there is a lot of element like this, or you know, I could show you another suit jacket. So we, so that is actually one of also the best seller, really. So that is another suit jacket. Oh, I don't know if you can see. Oh my goodness, that is gorgeous. Where she's making a suit jacket with fringe and frayed with denim added. Oh my gosh, that is just out of this world. That is just. So hot. I love that. That's really cool. And now with all the oversized stuff being such a big deal, you could probably use men's. Do you do men's and women or mostly women? Both. Okay. What about children? No. No, just men and women. Okay. I mean, to be honest, um, we do women's wear. uh, But what I've also noticed over the course of you know, the, the months doing this. Yes. And, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to dressing, there is way more fluidity as well. Yes. And many times, you know, I would have thought, okay, well, that would have been for a woman. But actually, a lot of men are buying. The home. Yeah. Non-binary, okay. transgender, young men, young women. Absolutely. Transgender. There's all kinds of people out there wanting fabulous clothes and it's hard to find in the right size. <laughs> and I, you know? I don't think, matter of gender i think you know whether you are man or woman or non-binary i think there is clothes for everybody and it shouldn't be restricted by your gender that's right um, 
I think men and women could be able to wear whatever they want. If That's they right. Portable. Yeah. yeah. If they find something and they love it and it fits them and it's That's their personality, it's all about That's matching the personality and the right. um, whoever you are, I think, yeah. you know, whoever you want to express yourself as. And that could be from day to day. <laughs> Because I think it really does give a platform for people to express themselves. Yes, exactly. Well, what do you think you love about um, anything that you're excited to do that you think is something that you just can't wait to do fashionably with some of your fabric that you think, you know, I'm going to do this because it hasn't been done or I'm ready for this, uh, or, or I'm ready for that, you know? Do you have anything that you will share, yes. your secrets? Uh, <laughs> uh, I won't say too much of it, because obviously it's still something that I'm working on, but something that I'm very passionate about, obviously with the line with what I'm doing, sustainability, is to really create a, a regenerative material, which would be a bioplastic. Um, and then make, make a wearable bioplastic, really, where people could actually wear the garment. So that's what I've been working on. Um, bioplastic, where it's biological degradable, but like a plastic. So you're developing it like a new kind of polymer that isn't petroleum-based. All right. Woo. And she can add chemists to the list of her accomplishments. (laughs) You know, you're at the right age to be my daughter. That would be very nice. I could say, well, my daughter is a doctorate in chemistry, in fashion, in sustainability, in art, in costume, in theater, in TV. (laughs) Clothing designer. I'm starting to have a real story for you to tell. <laughs> well, definitely not a chemist, and it comes with a fair share of challenge, obviously, because yeah. I'm not a chemist. You know, I, do you make most of the things, or do you have a team, or do you use a factory to make everything? I do have a team. I have a seamstress, a wonderful lady, um, Dafinka Vasileva. And uh, so we do work together where I just sent her the goods and she's just amazing. She can, I can come with the most craziest idea and she would just turn it in like for me. And at the beginning of the process, obviously I was doing everything myself, designing, making, um, but that was just too much. And as the business grew, it was just impossible doing everything on my own. So you do have to do and then work with the team that you can actually trust killed mm-hmm. and you know what i've realized as well is that you know finding the right people that are better than you at what you do that's exactly the one that you want to pair with that's right you know more of a designer i'm not i am a maker but i wouldn't say that i am you know a seamstress i'm not a tailor right so yeah, I'm, making a jacket is really an art form you know and it takes a lot of time it requires a lot of time and and I just can't be everywhere. So no. I think find the right people that can actually articulate your idea tailor, tailor. and tailor. I think that's the way going forward. Absolutely. It's so important to, you know, support one another. And she's mm-hmm. also a woman. Mm-hmm. She's a crafter and a maker. And I think it's important to embrace that too. 
Mm-hmm. And collaboration is also another thing. I love to collaborate with other designers and brands. Um, you know, the, the bioplastic bag, well, sorry, the um, bath mat bag that I was just showing to you, it was also a collaboration that I did with another designer, mm-hmm. Planet B. And, oh, I um, think that's a wonderful way to work now, you know, is absolutely. through collaboration because one person might have the f- idea of a material, somebody yes. else might know how to do it, and somebody else might be better for the holdings or the uh, metals to use, yes. and somebody else might know where to get some of these things, yes. you know? I think that's the thing. It's nice to be able to, you know, brainstorm and sharing tips with one another. Oh, it's and fun too. It's loads of fun. So fun, I have to say. It is, you know, yes. being able to work with people rather than just working. Because, you know, costume design, and it, well, not costume design, but, you know, making can be very lonely. Yes. You know, it, oh, sure. Yes. All alone fun. doing everything. Yeah, it's, it, it is. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know exactly. You don't want to isolate too much. And with COVID and everything, I think we've all had enough of that. Uh, but at least it got you in the lab to do your new polymer I can't, or your new fabric. And I can't wait till you have that all figured out. That's awesome. Yes. Well, I just, is there anything else you want to talk about? We've got about 10 minutes left. And I thought, let me just see if there's something I've left out. Uh, I think we actually covered pretty much everything. Uh, I mean, I would love to discuss it further with you. I think, I mean, you know, it's so lovely to just even talking to you, Melody, because you have oh. a very energetic and bubbly personality. Oh, thank and, you. You are, really. And thank it's, you it's so much. Very nice, to, you know, even sharing that with you, to be really honest. Because, you, oh, you know, when you are in front of an interviewer, sometimes... You know, it, it can be a bit tricky because sometimes the interviewer doesn't really listen and they're just asking questions without listening to, um, you know, to the interviewee. And then I think it's quite nice that there is a dialogue and an exchange. So it, it feels very nice. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much. I'm just so thrilled I got to have you on the show. I believe very much from the bottom of my heart and everything that you're doing, the zero waste and the circular movement of fashion and how you are saving so much of these non-biogradable uh, materials from going into landfill, as we discussed earlier uh, one day about even in Africa, they have too much waste. So you can't send it to China or Africa or Sweden or anywhere else. You can't send it anywhere because everybody has enough already. And so it's got to start with the fabric people too. And so I think uh, for you, I think we need a lobbyist out there, a lobbyist for fabrics so that there are law and there are laws going into effect now for yes. fabrication that has to be biodegradable. It doesn't get to be on the market. And I think either CDF or somebody's really working hard on that. I saw some things on LinkedIn about that. So I don't know if you know about that or if you're on any of the committees, you probably should, definitely should be because you know so much about it. You could, no, it's, uh, it's a long process, but there is definitely, I can see some changes and I, I can see also people being way more conscious about it. You know, it, it, it's still a long way to go, but I think working hands in hands together with, you know, the, the designers, you know, the suppliers, the textile designer, the makers, 
you know, and all of those top people that are creating, you know, you know, all those fabric, I think that together, and the consumer as well, consumer has a responsibility to take care as well. If there is less demand for that sort, for that type of material, then obviously designer wouldn't make that good as well. So I think yeah. it's, it, it really is, I think everybody has to come together to make a change. Yes, it's absolutely. To make a change and it's, it applies to everybody. And I oh, think it's at yeah. a very young age as well. Yeah. I think it's important to educate, engage a younger generation on that. Yes. You know, we're doing a lot of workshop, upcycling workshop, natural dyes workshop here in Camden, where we try to... Yes, the dyes, very important. Yeah. Very important because dyes is also very toxic. Yeah. Yes, right? toxic for the environment and for people, you know. And for people. And um, so I think, you know, it, it's important to discuss it. And I think the more we're going to have, you know, that sort of discussion, the more we, mm-hmm. we will see change. And I think what I, what I have learned from during this show is that the young people, your age, uh, they are very, very interested in doing the right thing. And it's, they're on board. They look where things are made. They are starting to mm, know about fabrics. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people my age and older, some know about fabric, most don't. And most are not going to overhaul their wardrobe or anything at this point. And they're not your big purchasers anyway, but the young people that are buying, and I read that it's something like $40 billion for this younger, the youngest generation that's out there right now buying uh, in clothing and that they love things like yours and they love anything unique and they'll put it with their newer things, but they'll take an item, you know, whether it's your handbag, your jacket, you just showed me that fringe piece. That's exactly what they're doing. Yes. And, uh, I can't wait to tell my nieces and nephews about you (laughs) so that they can find out what they can buy from you or send you. Thank you so much, Auda. And I cannot tell you how wonderful it was to get to talk to you. Thank you so much. Let's do this again next year. Yes, Okay. I love it. Thanks, Auda. Bye-bye. Melody Edmondson has created a book series available on Amazon.com. The Space of the Waste series is comprised of a body shape by a waist length and will have all the information you need to dress and accessorize beautifully. You choose yours after first buying book one, The Guidebook, your fashion guide based on body shape and the space of the waist. This is a new method of determining your body shape and your waist length termed the space of the waist. Thank you for listening to The Space of the Waste. Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time.